Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Between the Shadows. This is Kara. And this is Christine. Good evening, everyone. Thanks so much for coming back. Last week, we kind of wrapped up with Roger and Burke kind of having their first official meeting together since Burke has been back. Kind of just like to... Our last talk, I think, was Burke coming back to Collinwood, claiming he has no malicious intent and he just wants to be friends and he's home just because he wants to be home and Mm -hmm. so our last the last thing that we saw was right at the end of episode 13 and Burke has invited Roger to for this business meeting at the blue whale he wants he wants some insight on a business and that's where we're at we're just to the beginning of episode 14 all right and uh so Episode 14, opening scene. David, we see David, he is reading about cars in this car magazine. And then he goes to his dresser and he pulls out this sort of metal piece. We don't know, we don't know what it is yet. And, but it's just a little metal piece, doesn't, doesn't look like anything. It kind of looks like a joint, you know, like a joint to something or whatever. And he goes to plant it in Vicky's room. He goes into Vicky's room, open the, opens the drawers and kind of digs through them a little bit. But then Vicky quickly walks in and catches him and thinks that he's taken something of hers. And, and he runs out of the room and she runs after him. And um, at this point, she's trying to level with him and tell them that she's lonely and she must know how he feels yeah. with his mom being gone. Yeah. And um, she tells him that it's it's important that they become friends because she feels like they can help each other from being lonely, that they can help each other, you know, having friends and all. And, um, cause they're both lonely. Vicky knows what it's like to grow up without parents and really without family completely. That's been what these first 13 episodes have all been about Vicky being an orphan. She says it over and over. I have no idea where I came from. And right. And yeah, it's a repeated conversation with yeah. David alone. Yeah. Um, about how much they have in common on that end there where Definitely. they don't, David feels like he really doesn't have parents because his dad hates him and his mom's gone and, you know, right. Vicky's never had parents. So Right. And, and he tells her that, you know, he thinks that she's trying to take the place of his mom. I think that's one main reason he hates that Vicky is there because she's trying to take the place of his mom. Right. And he was like, she said, look, I'm not trying to take the place of your mom. I would never want to do that. I only want to be your friend. Yeah. I'm your and teacher I think and your friend. Yeah. I think she's, I think she's very truthful in that. You know, yeah. she wants to get close to this boy. Yeah. You know, later in this episode, she asked, because he, she notices that he's reading a car magazine and she goes to Roger and says, hey, I really think that David could benefit from some more magazines. I'll pay for it out of my own pocket. Yeah. And, you know, Roger, of course, shoots her down because Roger doesn't give a crap about David. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't give a crap. Mm-hmm. And you know he's he's more he's more involved trying to get ready for this meeting with Burke looking for his car keys can't find his car keys and um this meeting with David and Vicky you know while she's trying to you know assure him that she's just there to be his friend you know he he said I didn't take anything out of your room and goes to his own dresser and pulls out this this little tiny seashell that he had picked up on the beach Mm -hmm. and gave it to her as a quote-unquote present you know and um, was that his disguise for being in her room? Yes, that was that was what he was trying to plant in her room. Yeah. Um, later on in the next couple episodes, he also gives her the car magazine that he was reading. Okay. You know, later on, she tries to reason with him after David has said, you know, he hates his father and he wishes he were dead. She urges him just to give it, her his dad a chance. Just give him a chance, David. Yeah. And 
So that's our opening scene. So the next scene, Vicky's in Carolyn's bedroom. Carolyn's getting ready for a date. She's getting ready for a date with Joe. Mm-hmm. And she's got this adorable little dress on. I mean, it's a cute dress, you know. And she asks Vicky about the hem. Do you think I ought to take the hem up a little? while well, Carolyn has got an ulterior motive. She's going out with Joe, but she's really hoping she runs into Burke Devlin. She's, she's just, she's counting on it, even. Yeah. And, she uh, she even changes her dress because she thinks the dress that she has on is too, quote unquote, schoolgirlish. You know, right. um, she's only eighteen and she's trying very hard to seem more mature to to be more attractive just in case she sees Burke while she's out with Joe. And I, I personally, I feel so bad for Joe. You know, he's such a good guy and he obviously loves her and he's trying very hard to make her happy and he's so patient with her. And even when he knows she's go, she goes to see Burke, she just, she treats him so unfairly. Yeah. But, um, so, so we see them, they get to the blue whale instead of seeing a movie the way that Joe wanted to, he wanted to go see a movie and Carolyn's like, let's go out for a drink, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, Joe, and Joe's like, how did this night go from a dinner and a movie to hanging out at the bar exactly exactly and of course they run into burke there's burke sitting at another table and carolyn you know tells joe hey let's invite him over and he's like come on carolyn and but you know she's too late burke's already coming over to the table you know she doesn't even have to invite him yeah and so back at Collinwood, Roger is getting ready to leave and Liz wants to talk him out of it. She uses the phrase, I want you to be as, as suspicious of Burke Devlin as you are your own son. Yeah. Because Roger's convinced, you know, while well, he said he's just back, he just wants to be friends and he wants to discuss a business. And, you know, Liz is just giving him, you know, she wants to know about everything. Don't offer any information, you know. And so Roger gets into his car and heads to the bar. And about halfway down this big giant widow's hill, you know, uh, leading up to the house, we learn that, you know, Rogers lived at Collinwood most of his life. And he's done this, Liz says, hundreds of times, you know, and has never had a problem. But he gets about halfway down this enormous hill and his brakes go out. He doesn't have any brakes. Yeah. And I guess... 17 years prior, Matthew Morgan had had the same problem. He went down the hill and got into an accident himself because the brakes were bad. And since that moment, Matthew said, you know, I've tried very hard to take care of everyone's cars to ensure that this doesn't happen again because I was almost lost my life. You know, I almost died. Right. But um, and he even tells Liz that he just checked the brakes two two days prior to this incident. Right. And he told he was telling Vicky about it. He's like, this hill is steep and it's got sharp curves and you got to have good brakes to get down it. Right. And, and he was the first person that Liz pretty much confronted about Roger's accident beca- yep. because Matthew is the one who takes care of all that. Yeah. And he like, had the like same problem yeah. 17 years ago. And like he told her, um, he had just t- checked it two days prior. So everything was on the up and up. So his brakes go out and Roger goes over the side of the wall and crashes his car. And as he's leaving, as he's going down the hill, you know, David is sitting up in, you know, one of the high windows watching his, his father leave. Mm-hmm. And he says out loud, he's going to die, mother. He's going to die. Mm. And... Roger, he gets lucky. Roger gets lucky. He doesn't get hurt too badly. He just gets a few bruises and a cut on his forehead. And Liz tells Vicky she doesn't think it was an accident. And she, of course, suspects Burke Devlin. Yeah. But all the while, the, the whole time this thing is happening at, at the bar, Burke is crashing Joe and Carolyn's date. Yeah. And Joe is just, he's getting so frustrated. You know, I, I don't understand how we got here and we started out, you know, going to see a movie. Even the nicest of guys will hit their wall and 
just get fed up and definitely end up saying something slick just because they are just fed up. And that is Joe. Definitely. He's such a nice guy. He never really says a mean thing about anybody or anything. But even the nicest guys have their limit. Definitely. <laughs> and Carolyn was really pushing it pushing it that night. Well, and the way she, the way she's looking at Burke the whole time they're sitting together, you know, like an 18-year-old kid, she's sitting there with that dreamy look in her eye and she's just she's smiles. Yeah, she's completely enamored with Burke. Yeah. And and every time Joe opens his mouth, she just her smile just fades. Yeah, exactly. Like she's just irritated. You know, Carolyn is telling Burke in so many words that she's bored with Joe and yeah. that he's not ambitious enough. And yeah. Burke defends Joe. He's like, he's a good man and he's he's working towards what he wants. And mm-hmm. and he's ambitious. He's hardworking. And he really loves you. Right. And the one line is so funny. Carolyn gets up and asks Burke to dance after she's already told Joe, no, I don't want to dance. She asks Burke, do you want to dance? Mm-hmm. And... Burke says the last time she tried to dance with somebody, Joe threw a punch, you know, <laughs> and, and and Joe agrees. Well, I'm not opposed. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure thinking about it. And <laughs> Joe eventually he gets pissed off and he leaves and he leaves Carolyn there with Burke yeah. and tells her that she can keep him company. And but Burke makes Carolyn get up, put on your coat. We're going to go find Joe. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I can't really figure out what Burke's doing. It's like he went over and broke up their date and is chatting Carolyn up and, you know, pouring on the charm as Berg Devlin does. But then when Joe leaves, he gets her out of the bar and goes to find Joe. It's like, I know he's trying to get in good with the Collinwood people, but at the same time, he's defending Joe. And I'm trying, I just can't figure out what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, it's like he's trying to make, maybe make friends, but he's trying to get information from them first. I, I don't know, it's... it. Like you said, I'm not sure what he's trying to do there. Yeah, it's like Burke, Burke has an intention. We all know he's yeah. got an intention. He's yeah. he's trying to destroy the Collins family. He's trying to ruin them. Within trying to make maybe make some acqu- new acquaintances and friendships, there's still that underlying reason why he's back. Right, exactly. You know, so he I don't know. can't let that get in the way of what he's trying to accomplish right now. Right, right. So, like, he may have, like, a moment of weakness or not really weakness, but, you know. Right. And, um, but then, you know, he snapped back, you know, reminded why he's here and what he's doing, you know. Right. And, you know, eventually, you know, they, they do find, they do find Joe and they go out for dinner and Carolyn goes home. So Matthew tells Liz and Vicky that um, after it's already crashed and everything, he goes to inspect the car. He says that Roger's car is caved in on one side and that Roger is indeed very lucky to be alive yeah. for, for the way that the car was crunched up. Yeah. And uh, Bill Malloy goes to collect him at the doctor's office and tells Roger that he's inspected the car and there's no way that the brakes failed on their own. Mm-hmm. Even draws him a little picture, you know, this is what the ma- master cylinder looks like, you know, and this piece was the bleeder valve was missing yeah you know and you know roger was like well could it have fallen out on its own and is it hard to remove and bill malloy you know he just well all it takes is just the turn of a wrench or a pair of pliers it's Mm -hmm. all you need yeah yeah even a kid could do it and uh (laughs) yeah so um wink 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 yes (laughs) um and he says the same same thing you know roger you're lucky to be alive and roger of course after Bill Malloy gives him all these details. Roger jumps to Burke immediately, Mm -hmm. you know. Oh, he tampered with my car, you know. And But Malloy, he urges him, don't jump to conclusions. You need proof to accuse someone of something like that. And this is the one, maybe the only time 
I'm not entirely sure, but I think this is one of the only times where they curse in this show. Oh, yeah. And because he was like, you can't jump to conclusions. You need proof. And Roger just says, I don't give a damn about proof. Somebody tried to kill me. And I don't know. It just surprised me for 1966. And I mean, for the time, it wasn't new. It wasn't cutting edge. But this was ABC. It was technically a family network. And... And for the show alone, I mean, there wasn't a lot of sexual content. There wasn't a lot of language, you know. Nothing really risque. Nothing you would go, oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. But. So for for them to. It just surprised me. Yeah, yeah. It surprised me. And Roger has Vicky's comments about seeing Burke in the garage earlier looking at Roger's car. You know, she's going to find timetables, which in modern terms is the bus schedule. Mm-hmm. She wants to find a bus to Bangor. She went to one of the car, one of the mini Collins cars in the garage. It was a station wagon or looking for the, the timetables, the bus mm-hmm. schedule. And she, she hears a door slam and Burke is in there looking at Roger's car and he's got a wrench in his hand the whole time, which sort of like, did Burke actually do this? Is he capable? I know he was convicted of manslaughter 10 years ago, but we kind of already figured that maybe yeah. he wasn't guilty, you know, but could Ro- could he really do this and cause Roger to crash? You right, know? and for the second time be convicted of a murder or attempted murder. Yeah, you'd think after all that, so, surely not. You yeah. know, after being convicted of all that and not even being guilty, he says, you'd think he wouldn't be that careless you know mm-hmm. he wouldn't be that stupid mm-hmm. poor vicky she's just trying to get some sleep and roger goes knocking on her door you know like like a creep and miss winters are you awake and she's like i'm not dressed i'm sleeping you know and yeah. and he wants to know because liz told him that that vicky what vicky had told her about seeing burke in the garage and he wants to know and so he wants to talk about it. And and the thing that they don't see is David is constantly lurking and listening outside doors at conversations. Right. And, you know, he even approaches his father after he gets home and asks if his injury is hurt and apologizes to Roger. And Roger, this goes back to that screwed up relationship that these two have. Roger, Roger replies, sorry. Sorry for what? Sorry that I didn't die. Mm-hmm. And... You know, which again gives us the idea of the type of relationship that they have. And David ends up saying, well, maybe I'm not sorry at all. Maybe I just wish you'd... And then he ran out of the room. He, but we can pretty much guess how it was going to Roger end. just stands up and <laughs> David just cuts off immediately and, and just runs, and runs out. out. Just yeah. cuts it off right there. But we... Well, we, we all know how that was going to end. Yeah. So Roger makes Vicky get dressed in the middle of the night so they can go to Burke's hotel room and confront him. And Burke, of course, denies it all and just claims to have been looking at the car because he was thinking of buying one just like it. Mm-hmm. Because... With a wrench in your hand? With a wrench in his hand. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but Roger... You know, he's very gung-ho of, of blaming Burke, but he, he also yeah. takes a stab at Sam Evans. Roger says that he and Sam are the only ones who really knew what happened on that night 10 years ago. Yeah. And with one of them dead, the other one wouldn't have to worry, is how we put it. Mm-hmm. And real stand-up guy, that Roger Collins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he would literally do anything to keep that secret. And Sam says to Roger, well, we lie to protect ourselves. Yeah. In the middle of all this, uh, Vicky finds out that there's been an investigation. She got her letter from Mrs. Hopewell. Mm-hmm. You know, after she had gotten off the phone, Miss Hopewell wrote her a letter. Well, she finally got the letter and presents it to Liz and presents it to Carolyn and says, do you have any idea who's this interested in me? You know, who, who's who's doing this? Yeah. And we don't find out till later. We, we know 
know it was Burke, of course, because it was Strake who was the one asking all the questions. Yeah. Burke, in the middle of all this, also asks Sam to paint his portrait for him. Burke is trying very hard to present himself like a Collinswood. He's looking at Roger's car. He wants to have his picture painted. He's looking at this cannery in Logansport for sale that he's mm-hmm. thinking of buying, you know, and he's setting up this meeting with Blair, his lawyer, trying to, you know, get a hold of the Collins family holdings you know he's he's getting all this information he's trying to make something of himself and this is all an attempt to put the Collins family out of business and bring ruin to their family and to sum all of this up because we did the math and did the research and this whole Rogers car accident it lasts for about 20 episodes yeah I mean it's a long stretch and it would take us probably a few episodes to get it all covered yeah but we find out later that Burke was telling the truth. It wasn't him who pulled the, the bleeder valve. It was his, it was David. It was Roger's own son, nine-year-old son, who would remove the valve in an attempt to kill his father. Yeah. And again with this kid, he's, <laughs> for lack of a better word, he's just royally screwed up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Roger hates David and David hates Roger. And, and in the midst, like in the midst of these 20 episodes covering all of this, David is having trouble sleeping through this whole ordeal, you know, and at even at one point, Liz finds him in his room, apparently still asleep, but standing on the ledge of his window. And, you know, he's probably three stories up. Yeah, he's got to be a few floors up. So thankfully she comes in at the right time and pulls him off the edge of the... David, for God's sake. Yes. (laughs) Wake up. He's like, I didn't kill him. I didn't kill him. I think that's what he was saying while he was trying to wake up, you know. I didn't kill him and then eventually I didn't mean to kill him, you know. Yeah. (laughs) What are you talking about? And and even nobody nobody even thinks of David. Nobody even thinks that this nine-year-old child was capable, was even in the mindset to attempt to murder his father they know how angry he is but is he is he smart enough to pull that off yeah to pull it off to 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 basically i mean bill malloy said that even a child could do it okay a child did do it you know and he's been reading this car magazine the entire time trying you know trying to figure out how to assemble and disassemble a master brake cylinder yeah and david he's just so stinking smart you know he, he figured it out like that and had the wrench. And later on, the police come to question and come to investigate. Yeah. And they find two sets of prints on the wrench. Mm-hmm. You know, one belongs to David and one belongs to Burke. Mm-hmm. And at this point, David has already gone to Burke's hotel room to plant the bleeder valve in his room. Yeah. Because the police are eventually going to go there and search the room because it's the Collinses. They have all this power and they're like, Berg Devlin did it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're going to go investigate his room and search his room and they come with a search warrant and David knows it and goes to plant the, the valve there. Yeah. And eventually he comes into contact with Berg and realizes that he actually likes Berg and they become friends, you know. And yeah. I think Burke was really genuine with David. You know, I don't absolutely. I don't think it was a facade. I don't think it was an act. I think Burke eventually genuinely started to be fond of David. You know, yeah. and um, I think um, when Burke was with David, you know, he um, he did his best to not use David. He did. I agree. As a pawn, you I know, agree. to, the to way get that information. He used Carolyn. Yep. I mean, yeah, the way he used Carolyn, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, like, he did his best not to use the child. Um, at times, you know, he would. What, what did they say? You heard that? What did they, well, what did they say? This and this and this. But. Yeah. 
for the most part, like you said, he was genuine with David and tried not to use the poor kid. He's already troubled enough. I think, I I think he maybe even felt sorry for David because, you know, he used to date his mother, you know, and he knows his mother's not there. Right. And he knows that. forget that connection for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he knows his father is there, but he's totally absent. You know, he don't give a crap about David. You know, it's, it's been made obvious and it keeps being obvious. And, and Burke is like the first male figure that's come across in David's life that is actually I think not he, a piece of crap. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. There, there's a there's a point in time where David actually says, "I wish Burke Devlin were my father." You know. So yeah. So he tries to plant the valve, and but then after he realizes how much he likes Burke, he takes it. But he goes to take it back. Yeah. You know, he's planted it under a pillow on Burke's couch or under a cushion or something. Well, Burke sees him do it. Yeah. You know, and. He sends David in to wash his hands or whatever and takes the valve, puts it in his pocket. Mm -hmm. And David goes back to get it and it's not there, you know. And he feels really horrible about it. So when the police come and take prints on the wrench, David just grabs up the wrench so that his prints will be on it too. But he doesn't realize that his prints are already there, you know. He thinks that he's going to destroy evidence by picking up this wrench. Mm -hmm. And But then the police find out with all of their knowledge and technology... They, you know, there are two sets of prints. There are David's. There are actually three sets of prints because there's David's, then Burke's, then David's again. And, but then they find out that Burke's prints are over David's prints, which means David touched the wrench first. Right. So the police are like, oh my gosh, did this little kid do it? And Liz, the way Liz reacts when she finds out that David's the one who did it, I just, I can't... I can't get over it. She she finds out that David is the one who tried to kill his own father. And Vicky comes, comes to her and tells her that she found the bleeder valve in David's dresser drawer and became hysterical when he found when he found out that Vicky had it. Almost to the point where he was going to hurt Vicky to get it back. Yeah. yeah. And they they go up to her room so that she can, you know, Vicky can show the valve to Liz. Well, she doesn't realize that David took the key out of Carolyn's room because she, they've got the same dresser, so the same key works. And David's already taken the valve, so making making Vicky look like a fool. And but they did find the magazine with the instruction on how to assemble and disassemble the master brake cylinder. And Liz still refuses to believe it. Yeah. She still refuses. And I mean, I know that he's her nephew, and she wants more than anything to protect him and care for him because he certainly isn't getting any love or care from his own father yes. or really anybody else. You know, Vicky's trying, but he's just you know he's not given. And he's more of like a little annoying brother to Carolyn. Exactly. And, and Carolyn even calls him the little monster or the kook, you know. Carolyn, you know, even says that to Car- to Vicky a few times. He's just a kook, you know. Yeah. And, but he, st- but he still tried to commit murder, you know, his own father. And when she finally does come to grips with it, she hides it and orders Matthew to take the blame for it. Ooh. You know? Man. And instead of letting her little nephew go to juvie or whatever it is, you yeah. know, she orders Matthew to take the blame. And these men like Matthew and Bill Malloy are so, I would die for you, my queen. I mean, and like it sounds like when she asked that they would literally do that, just that. Totally. No, I agree. And, you know, she goes to Matthew and, and he was like, ma'am, I checked those breaks. You know, I, I, I'm very faithful about it. And especially, you know, after learning that Matthew d- dang near killed himself, you know, getting down that hill, he was pretty faithful to taking care of the cars. But Liz wants him to take the blame anyway. Yeah. And he was like, well, make me look like a fool, ma'am. And she's like, I know, Matthew. And he and he, and he he tells her, he was like, well, 
if you say it, then I'll do that. I'll, there's nothing I wouldn't do for you, Mrs. Collins, or mm. Mrs. Co- Mrs. Stoddard. Mrs. Stoddard, yeah. Yeah, she's not Mrs. Collins. She's not Mrs. Collins at all. She's yeah. She's a Mrs. Stoddard. But so they all find out that that little David did it, you know, and even, yeah. you know, even Bill Malloy is still hung up on Burke. Well, Burke did it. And, you know, the sheriff showed him the, the copy of the prints, you know, and David's prints were first. And... Bill Malloy, he still doesn't want to believe it. You know, nobody wants to believe that David did this. But um, he comes back from Burke's room. Burke brings him home, you know, after he's put the valve in his pocket, you know. And Roger has already figured out that David's the one who did it. But Burke makes up a story for David. Lies for David. Covers David's butt. Mm -hmm. Even though David was trying to frame Burke for it. You know, and he goes, Burke, why did you lie for me? You know, and... Burke was like, well, I saw how angry your father was at you. And, you know, I just, Burke knows what it's like to have an absent father, you know, yeah. late, later, way on later, de- de- later on down the line, when we get to the Barnabas era, we find out that uh, Burke's dad left him when he was nine, right about David's age. Yeah. So I think that Burke really felt for him. You know, he was like, do you think your father believed me? And, and Dave was like, I don't know. And then David admits to Burke, yeah, it was really stupid. I shouldn't have done that. Well, then he gets all mad at Vicky because Vicky's the one who ratted him out. Right, because, yeah. you know, yeah. Vicky found the valve and, and, you know, he wants Vicky to die now, you know. <laughs> and he was like, I'll, I'll get her for this. I'll, I'll get even, you know. Yeah. And then Roger goes into, you know, Liz comes back from Matthew's cottage and, you know, he, he was like, well, my son's a little murderer. And Liz still refuses to believe it. You know, that, yeah. that just can't be. He couldn't have done this, you know. And and Roger is just like, yeah, my, my son, the little murderer, you know. And he tries up and down to get Liz to send him away. Yeah. And, you know, there's schools that can take care of him. And he's a disturbed child. And I don't even, you know, he goes into, I don't even think he is my son. I bet, I bet he's Burke's son. And, you know, and, and Liz is just like, you know what? No. That's awful to think. That's Why would you say that? Of course he's your son. Yeah. And and Liz Liz truly does care about David. She never raises her voice to him. Yeah. She does everything she can do to protect this child yeah. like he was her own. Yeah. You know, he, she, she's got Carolyn, who she's tried very hard to raise to be an upstanding citizen of Collinsport. Yeah. And I think that she sees David and she sees how unloved David is and how lonely and troubled that David is. And she just wants to take him under her wing and you know show him love show him compassion and ultimately help this boy you know so she basically tells roger you know what you can just stay away from him don't touch him don't don't look in his direction vicky and i will give him the love and attention that he needs yeah just stay out of the way yeah because roger has pretty much washed his hands of his son at this point and it it bothers me because you know, she tells him, you know, we're at Collins, we're Collins's, we stay together, our family stands together, we help each other out, and Roger's not willing to do that for his son, but in this manslaughter case, he expects the rest of the family to stand behind him, Yeah. but because it was, the crime was against him, he's ready to just wash his hands of David and send him away, and it just, the whole situation, I, you know, I, I don't, I want to say that I wouldn't react the same way that Roger did if it were my own kid, you know, who is, but at the same time, and, and Elizabeth tells him, you know, it's because, you know, you've shown nothing but hatred to this boy for nine years. You know, what, what do you think those years were like for him? You know, he was born into a world of hatred. Right. And, you know, Roger doesn't, doesn't hide how he feels about his son to his face. You know, he doesn't mask it. He doesn't pretend to love him at all. 
and it just I mean and we kind of find out in that episode as well like um, kind of put two and two together maybe his ill feelings towards David are because somewhere in the back of his mind he does believe that David is Burke's son right that it's that um, going back to that whole thing that you know Burke used to date Laura and David was only born eight months after Roger and Laura were married yeah so, so I mean it's 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 a good theory there that he's got going on. It is, um, but it kind of feels like a shirk, you know. Yeah. I don't want to take care of this kid, you know. And yeah. he's probably Burks anyway. It's very petty, but so that wraps up the entire Roger Collins going down the hill and nearly killing himself. Yeah. That is about 20 episodes worth of information. And so we covered a whole lot in this segment. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a pretty good place to stop because next week we will be talking about our beloved Bill Malloy. All right. And uh, the things that happen to Malloy and the things that Malloy uh, gets going uh, for Burke. And this manslaughter thing. and So for now, that is what we will leave you with. Uh, just as a friendly reminder, if you want to reach out, give us some comments, concerns, questions, whatever you got, Dark Shadows fans, let us know. Uh, you can give us an email at betweentheshadows2021 at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Well, guys, this one has been a fun one tonight. Really but uh, for now, let's just keep it between us and the shadows, all right? Have a good night. Good night. He's so frightened. This is his home and I don't want to send him away. I know that he's done a terrible thing. I'm not denying it, but he is part of our family. What do you think these past nine years were like for him? Surrounded by hatred from the moment he was born, a hate he didn't know how to deal with or even understand. I'm not looking for excuses. I only want to help David, not turn him away. You say this adds up to nine years. I'm telling you, it adds up to more than nine years. To a boy lying on his bed, trembling with fear, afraid of everything and everyone. I've seen you with him, Roger. I've seen the hatred pour out of you, smothering him, driving him deeper and deeper into his own fears until he had nowhere to turn. Nothing excuses him. Let me make that clear, nothing. But he has been forced to live his lifetime with your guilt. Roger, our family stands together. We always have and we always will. I think I've proved that to you in the past. I want to do as much for your son. Don't tell me he's not your son because I won't accept that. He belongs to them just as we do. Jeremiah, Isaac, Benjamin, all of them. And he's the youngest and the last and he needs our help. And we're gonna give it to him here I've made up my mind, David is going to stay here.